Welcome, everyone. Today we are uh, we have a guest, but really it's a takeover. Doug Crabtree, Brittany's fab husband, is joining us uh, and running this show, and he's not happy about it. <laughs> no, I am not. <laughs> uh, so just hang in there. We're gonna we're gonna hear more from Doug in just a bit. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Right. Welcome back. And uh, I will I will say what the topic is. The topic today is trust. And Doug is going to lead this conversation, even though he was apparently not prepared <laughs> for it. But he but last time we had this conversation, he had a lot to say about it, but he doesn't remember any of it. So um, no, he's don't. having a bit of dad brain, um, if you will. Welcome, Doug. Welcome. Thanks, <laughs> everyone. It's I'm happy to be here. Ish. <laughs> Doug, Doug is in prison, if you don't know, or at least he has a nice mugshot going on. <laughs> yeah. His background is line up. horizontal lines behind that, him. That's, yes. that's, the, that's the disadvantage <laughs> to shiplap in your home. It looks great from afar, but if you just box it in, you all look like you're being, you're being booked for something. Yeah. All right, Doug. Um, let's, let's talk about trust here. You, we've, we've, kind of recap some old, older conversations, uh, like when y'all just went away, uh, last year Mm -hmm. and your mom came and stayed. Um, I think that's a great way for us to, to start this topic or topic of conversation because there is a, Trust is a is a tricky, it's, tricky it's thing, difficult. even with even with our family members, like, you know, mm-hmm. so I think starting there with our with our family here and our kids, I think for all parents, it's a it's a challenge mm-hmm. to yeah. leave your kids with somebody. Um, we know people who with the neurotypical kids have a hard time leaving them with with anybody uh, for an evening, let alone for an extended amount of time, a few days or an overnight trip. Um, and then you have our situations that, that we're all in. And, uh, most of the audience is in where we have special needs kids and it becomes Mm -hmm. incredibly difficult, um, to leave them. So as the need to leave goes up because of the load that these special needs kids give us, um, it becomes harder to leave. Um, so yeah, uh, Brittany and I went to Hawaii last year in April for a, a full week. And that is the first time we have left, um, our kids for more than I think we had done for two nights in the past. Um, and it was more local, you know, so we could, pick up and come back at any time. Um, 
yeah, and it wasn't easy. Um, so, you know, I could be happy to, to talk through some of that and my view on the trust issue. Um, but yeah, what happened with us in that situation is my mom, um, uh, came down from, they, they live in Seattle area. They came down, um, they had offered us as the, their Christmas gift to us was to watch our kids for a week so we could get away. Um, and then COVID hit and it was delayed and delayed. Um, so we finally made it happen and the key is we knew it would not be easy for my mother. Uh, my dad came for a good chunk of the week, but wasn't able to be there for the entire week. We knew it wouldn't be easy. We knew that, um, um, it would be uh, exhausting to wear her out. We knew that, you know, the kids would have a hard time adjusting because of the change in routine and circumstance. Um, so the run up to it was, was a little nerve wracking. Uh, mm -hmm. We had conversations about it. We tried to figure out what other resources we could bring in to help. Um, in the end though, you have to, you know, you have two choices. You can leave and be worried and full of anxiety the whole time and checking in every hour or whatever. And in a way kind of ruin your trip or you can leave and just be confident that it's not going to be easy, but everyone's going to survive and we'll get back and, and pick up the pieces and move forward. And, you know, um, so that's, that's where it, I, I felt we did a pretty you good said, job with that, Brittany. Yeah, you said uh, you said a really uh, key thing earlier on about you have to be okay with the fact that there is a situation that they're not thriving. Like no one, yeah. no no one in your in your place or with your your absence, no one is. No one's going to be thriving. It is merely like you're just yeah. hoping that everybody survives and that's what you have to like embrace. And frankly, so how many of us feel like we're thriving on our own with as parents? On, on a but regular basis. Time, <laughs> exactly. But, um, you know, even, even my mom, you know, she's not young, obviously. Um, hey, now. <laughs> she's probably going to listen to this. Watch out. Uh, she will, but she'll, you know, she'll acknowledge this as well. I and love you, Sarah. Yes. I love well, I mom. mean, you guys are not spring chickens either. So there's that. No, Thank you. exactly. There we go. Um, and um, yeah, where's your hair, Doug? Yeah. yeah. Long gone. Um, <laughs> you know, and my parents don't live close. It's a 12 hour drive to my parents' house. We have not spent as much time with them as we wish we could. Yeah. So they're not as familiar with the ins and outs of, of Austin and Ruby, especially, Yeah, you know, yeah. um, our time with them has usually been in a bigger setting. Like my entire family, I have three brothers and, and they each have four kids or more each when we get together. It's, it's fun. It's chaotic. Um, but my parents have had very little chance to have a private situation with, with our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, we knew that there'd be some 
some learning, some challenges. Uh, my mom acknowledged like, you know, I, she may have signed herself up for something that, that uh, wasn't going to be easy. She knew that, but she's also determined to make sure that we could have a good time. You know, yeah. she's not the kind of person that's going to call us or text us or, you know, she'll, she knows it's temporary and short term and she'll figure it out. So, you know, we had, we had that. Um, I think going back in general. So I think of when our kids were younger, um, Brittany spoke and recently on our medication episode that came up that, you know, Austin had a sleep medication that for a long time worked fairly well where we would give him his medicine and within 45 minutes he'd be asleep. So we had your standard situation where we bring over teenagers, you know, 13, 14 year old teenagers to watch our kids. Um, and we could go to a late dinner, you know, we could have a, a 9 PM dinner or a nine o'clock PM movie. Um, Austin's asleep. Um, the other two kids, you know, at the time, you know, Scott and Tyler would, would have been quite young and Ruby wasn't born. So we could get away for an evening and um, and have a, a more traditional situation with a, with a teenage babysitter. Although, of course, we were selective about who we used. Um, we didn't use just anybody. And we had experiences, let me tell you. I mean, it was it was a time when, when in general, Austin did sleep fairly well. Um, he would go to bed. But it seemed like the exceptions to that general rule happened with babysitters. Um, I don't know how often uh, Murphy's Law. Brittany has these, <laughs> these re- memories, but I remember coming home one night and um, there was a, a teenage boy, maybe 15, 16 years old, who had watched the kids for the evening. And in the back bedroom, there were baby wipes placed on the floor in various places is because Austin had a series of, of accidents and there were number two, you know, excrement spots on the carpet. And this poor teenage boy who expected Austin to be asleep the whole time, you know, he's just like, he, he did what he could. He, I he wiped him up this. with baby left, wipes and then he, he just left like you left a roadmap. Him. Let's you need to mark. clean here. You need <laughs> yeah, to clean here. Yeah. And at the same time, Austin was at, when we got home. He was in bed, and and I think we had to do some cleanup on him as well. You know, so oh, yeah, kid. you could call it. You call that a fail, right? I mean, you could call it a fail, but you know what? He was like, whatever. He was okay he, with it. It was an experience totally for him. He totally that thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like exactly. breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, he still came back and babysat for us again, again. In, in the future. So, um, I, you know, I forgot things about don't Doug. go well yeah. all the time. And, and it seemed like with him in particular, it, it wasn't the only time something like that happened. Yeah. It seemed um, to always happened with that poor kid. He yeah. is, he is happily married now and has two children. He's doing yeah. fabulous. Like we yeah. did not scar him. Yeah. And other situations like his sister one time babysat for us and Austin threw up. He, he had a phase where he was gagging frequently um, he had a very sensitive, very hyperactive gag reflex, and he would throw up like on average three times a week, probably. Mm. I don't know, Brittany, how long this maybe this lasted maybe a year or two. <sighs> and I it wasn't because he was sick. Know. It wasn't because he had the flu. He just, <laughs> you know, and then it was the same babysitter, his, his older sister, you know, she one time she babysat and he threw up a number of times. 
And when we got home, she was very sweet. She said, hey, I want to be a nurse. So this is good practice for you. Yeah, she's in nursing school. She's good. Yeah. And she was like 17 at the time. It's just things don't always go well. And, you know, (laughs) you can hide in shame and like, oh, my gosh, as a failure, we're never going to do that again. Mm -hmm. Or you can try again. You know, can I ask you guys, Brittany and Doug, can I ask you guys a quick question? Yeah. Like getting to that point of, of feeling comfortable. Okay. We're, we, we're just going to do this. Like, was that a struggle for either one of you? Um, maybe Brittany, you more in particular, (laughs) because my eyebrows of your (laughs) Didn't you do a practice run? Didn't you do a practice run with, with your mother-in-law? We did, like, yes. Well, but I mean, yeah. not even, not even like the, um, the, the Hawaii trip, but, but you know, even like when you guys first started like trusting, you know, be, maybe before Ruby came along and you started wanting yeah. to go, we need to go on dates, we need to. Yeah. But Austin was obviously, you know, you were noticing that he was, um, you know, in higher needs in some areas, you know. Yeah. Um So, so what, what got you to that point to feel like, okay, yeah. we, we got to do this for our marriage, you know. Uh, Brittany may have a different take on this, but uh, I want to hear what you have to say first yeah. about this. Yeah, and then I will I'm respond to well, it. I in the beginning, in the beginning, Austin was still a toddler, you know, and a, a lot of the behaviors we're talking about are, you know, his autism when when he was three, four years old. Autism was in large part kind of an exaggeration of a toddler phase. You know, he was for nonverbal. Austin, that's how it manifested. Yeah, yeah. for Austin. Yeah. He was nonverbal. He wasn't potty trained. He still isn't either of those things. But, you know, many, most two year olds aren't potty trained and are minimally verbal anyway. So it was kind of an exaggeration of a standard setup where you might maybe babysit a a toddler. He's just a bigger toddler, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anybody that you would trust with your two year old, you can go out to dinner, you could. In general, trust Austin with that person. Just you know, we were selective. Um, we tried to make sure we had people who could physically keep up and handle him and, and whatnot. But um, you know, so in the beginning, it was it was easier in many ways because he was still just an oversized toddler, a slightly more you know. Relatively oversized toddler, whereas now he is a gigantic man-child toddler. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very different now. But back then, I feel like it was it wasn't as big of an ask, or as um, it wasn't as drastic of a of a need. Because in the end, you know, his 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 needs were basic, um, and a lot of things he might do or you might have to react to would be what you would do or react to with, with a toddler or mm-hmm. a, a yeah, one and a half. Have, I think that is, that is a great distinction because I can totally relate to that. And I would yeah. say that we did have, even for us, we can't even get a babysitter Our my like, and when my family comes here, they don't feel confident enough to be alone with Rory. And mm-hmm. it's mainly, it's not because of what he's, Cause he's pretty, he can be pretty autonomous, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but he just like that, it can go from zero to 60, as you know, and like, they don't have the response time to like handle, you know, what to do during an elopement or a massive meltdown, or if they don't understand yeah. 
what it is that he's trying to communicate. Those it's those unpredictable, unanticipated moments that really make people feel not confident. And I don't, and I understand that. And I also worry about that too, because I don't want to cause for my child to have more distress. Right. So it's like, it's more or less for me trusting that they know how to be appropriately responsive in those types of, Mm -hmm. of moments, especially now that Rory is getting older where it was easier. It was easier to like, you know, manhandle him and pick him up and physically remove him from a situation where it's not the same, you know, it's not the same anymore for, for anyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. So go ahead, Brittany. I was just going to respond to kind of what you were talking about, Doug. And yeah, we, we did do all those things thinking back, like it wasn't just someone babysitting Austin. They had three three, you know, young right. boys to watch. So I, we, I, we were selective about who we chose to trust the boys with. Um, I, we oftentimes I, had two, you know, we bring we over would get siblings, siblings or, or friends to watch and we would yeah. hire two teenagers yeah. to come Find over. Find a 14 year old girl, her best friend to come over. Yeah. Yeah. We would do that. Um, I tended to choose um, older high school age, maybe 16, 17, like maybe just you know, maybe juniors and seniors in high school. Um, we would get boys or girls, depending on who we felt comfortable with. Um, we pulled a lot from neighbors, but, um, and from, from, you know, friends of ours who had children that age, um, from church. So we interacted with these children quite often, or these, the, the teenagers, um, yeah. we were, we we're youth leaders in our church. So we spent a lot of time with these, these babysitters on our own without the children. So we could, really get to know them. Um, and they were around our kids in general. They were around so our they, kids. They had uh, seen our kids. We would do trials. I would have, if if there needed to be a comfort level reached or we were concerned about anything or if they were concerned about anything, I would have them come over while I was home and we would do a little trial run. Like even, you know, I'm going to go work in the back room. I'm doing laundry or whatever. Hang with my kid for an hour. I would pay them. Um, and they would just, you know, get get the lay of the land. Um, I have had babysitters come over 15, 20, 30 minutes before we leave so I can walk them around the house and show them things. Um, basically what it comes down to for me to feel comfortable and to trust someone is I, I do my homework on them. They can do their homework on me too. It, it goes both ways um, in my family. But, but then I try to conceive of any and every possible situation that they might reasonably encounter while they're in my home with Austin and the rest of my children. And then I try to prepare them for that. Um, Whether that's physically coming over to my house and like going through the motions or it's, and it's usually a combination of both of these things, or I write down copious notes for them. Um, (laughs) I was, I was waiting for that. I was laughing. (laughs) We have the book for that because how many pages did you leave for your mother-in-law? It was, it, I called it the book of Austin and I don't know how many pages it was. It was, it was a small novel, a, you know, book. a novella yeah. <laughs> of some length. I'd say 10 pages, but that's something that we've been working on or modifying or, or for I just years. save for it years. and I update it as needed. Yeah. For whoever mm-hmm. needs it. Yeah. yeah. And it's for and everybody. I, yes. It's, yeah. it's for everybody, but that's what I do. That's, that's for me. Um, I think I thought it was really important that you mentioned Doug about how once once you are gone whether it's for a longer vacation or just an evening out 
you get to choose whether you're going to ruin your time away by being anxious and worried the whole time, or are you just going to throw up your hands and be like, you know what? It is what it is at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever we come home to, that's what we come home to. And, and I'm we'll going to try to then. enjoy myself right now. For now, and let's so enjoy ourselves. Yeah. I really do feel like I've done a good job at that, mm-hmm. but it's the pre- the, the preparation time before mm-hmm. the anticipation of leaving that I am a hot, hot mess, everybody. Like mm-hmm. I am so anxious and so uh, stressed out. And it's because I am trying to think of every single possible situation and what someone might encounter and, and try to prepare them for it. It's the same thing with packing for a trip. I loathe packing for <laughs> any kind of vacation or overnight stay, which that involves my children. Like I'm fine packing myself, but trying to think of everything I can possibly imagine that would happen and then bring or, or be ready knowing I can go get something out wherever we are or bringing it with me. And the amount of detail and time and energy it takes for me to do that is it's monumental for me. Um, Now, Doug and I have had many conversations about this. This is not couples therapy. So (laughs) we'll, We'll set yeah. that in today's uh, therapy session with Brittany <laughs> <Yeah>. and Doug. <laughs> ding ding! Yeah. Therapy with Brittany and Doug. But it is funny it's a lot because for me. Not, yeah, and and leading up to our Hawaii trip, and especially Brittany was oh my gosh, fretting. Yeah, I was and exhausted. She was almost like to the point where she made comments like, "I'm not sure this is worth it." I'm not sure, you know. I think mm, I talked uh, to you girls about that too. I was like, I, I don't was know just if I want to say that. Yeah, I don't know I if this is worth it. The that. amount of stress it is to. I mean, I said I know I'd be happy once I get there. I'm going to be fine, and I was. Yeah. The second we got on that the plane, preparation. I was good. I was fine. I probably slept yeah. the whole way to Hawaii because I was so tired, <laughs> and I was fine once we got there. But but just up until that point, oh man, yeah, so much the prep work. for the trip was the worst part by far. Yeah. And the way I see it, saw it was, you know, my mom has raised four boys and she's yeah. seen it all. <laughs> um, but she and we had she some special instructions for Austin. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was like, she'll su- they'll survive the week. You know, that's that's what it was like. They, you know, they'll survive. And yeah. And that's where I be- let it go a little bit because, yeah, of course, I know they're going to survive. Like, I know she's not going yeah. to lose one of them. She's a very capable woman. Saying, Hopefully not. <laughs> she kept no. saying, I know no one's going to die. I know everyone's going to be okay, but I'm worried about this. I just or don't that. want her to just yeah. be. Um, You're worried about her. I'm she worried, about, worried her. about her. The, the kids will be fine. Yeah. 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 And in the end, actually, <laughs> the funny thing was, I mean, Austin was obviously Austin and, and, the, I think the difficulties, first of all, my mom didn't say anything to us at all about. I didn't expect her to. The no. good or bad. And she, and did, she did that on purpose and, and she's she's great and we, we appreciate that. Scott and Ty did talk a little bit. <laughs> um, it, and it seems like, um, you know, Austin had his moments. He made messes that had to be cleaned up, right? And that's not fun or not easy, especially um, the kind of messes he can make, not being potty trained. Um I think in my ongoing, you know, in the year plus since then, sorry, my computer's dinging. In the year plus since then, I, I think what has come up more in with my mom is is Ruby's behavior because Ruby is 
in many ways presents more of a challenge because um, you cannot, and she acts often acts neurotypical. You know, she, she is very verbal. She plays with, I mean, she acts in a lot of ways in neurotypical ways, but when she starts to get upset, you -hmm. cannot respond to her in a neurotypical fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my mom, again, raised four boys. She used to babysit a lot, um, have a lot of kids at our house all the time. And and she has, you know, her way in, and I'm not, it's a good way, but she knows how to handle kids, you know, who get out of line and get emotional and start getting upset. And the first day of our trip, the first morning getting Ruby off the school, Ruby had a bit, bit of a meltdown. And I think they got through it okay. And she did kind of what we would, we talked about this beforehand and she, a lot of ways just let it ride out, which we have to do with her. Um, no, she did fabulous. Yeah, she did fabulous. But that's been the thing that has come up a, a couple of times in conversation with my mom is like, it's not so much what Austin did because that was all expected. And um, she knew that she'd have to re- respond to him in a way that she's not accustomed to. It's just Ruby having that meltdown and the two to three hours it took to work through it, that was um, the the most eye opening thing for her, um, mm-hmm. and the you know the thing that she. So anyway, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting challenge because in many ways Ruby is she can be more challenging because Austin is big and can get upset and he can get a little violent when he gets upset, but you can also lock him in his room. And he will calm down. You know, it could be five minutes. It could be half an hour. He'll calm down. Mm-hmm. And we do worry about that because he's big and strong. And, you know, my mom is. Yeah, old. how's the new bed, by the way? Yeah. It's it's fine. <laughs> he's well, sitting on it right old now, one's still here. Austin destroyed his bed. Mm-hmm. And the new one is in boxes in the living room, in the dining room, I should say. And, and the old one's still here with broken pieces. Um, Barely hanging on. Yeah, <laughs> it's hanging on. So, but anyway, um, you know, so, but Ruby, if you try and lock her in a room like that, she'll lose her mind and it will go on for hours. Um, well, so I, I think like her that's, and- that's a bigger challenge, you know? Yeah. And that was a bigger challenge, I think, for her. Yeah. I think her and so Jack just, are similar in that where they get stuck on the the loops, you know, and yeah, loop, yeah. for a person for somebody who doesn't know how to, you know, we as parents know we can just like walk away and and try to kind of ignore it, you know, where other people are trying to remedy what's wrong and it's and and not realizing that, you know, it's it's just going to be this continual. They, need a, they have cycle. to run their cycle of of their yeah. separation mm-hmm. that they're having and, and instead of trying moment. to like. Stop it. Yeah. 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 Um, it is hard. I agree. Yeah. So, then, I mean, those are the things. So, you know, you never know what is going to be the issue um, when you leave your kids with someone. You know, you can fret about a lot of possibilities. There's a there's a million possibilities of things that will or, or could. I've thought of wrong. every single one of them. Yeah. You just don't know what the issue will be. Um and it could be something that surprises you. Um, mm-hmm. All the fretting about Austin, and I think in, in the end, on, especially on day one, that was that was day one. You know, Ruby ended up being the the bigger kind of challenge on out of the gate, at least. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's 
So that that's how these so, things go. So what I, I want, um, so I guess one way to couch this question I'm about to ask, or it's also is making a notable observation from, you know, your wife, um, but I also like, we all four know each other. And I know that one of my trauma responses that I have is to be extremely hypervigilant. And I would say that, you know, it's not just, you know, I, I don't know if it's just, it's not, it's a combination of personality type in addition mm-hmm. to the trauma response, because we know what it was like for us to encounter certain situations and navigating them for the first time and wanting to prepare someone else for what that is like. Um, Mm -hmm. So would you say like, do you, Doug, do you, I don't, do you think you're, you, do you you think you're hypervigilant like that or is it just Brittany? Brittany shaking her, shaking her head for, um, it's just me. Right. In my house, it's just me too. Well, I think you're, um, that's a good, it's a good call out, you know, um, cause we, we've all had experiences that are traumatic, you know, with our kids. When I did my episode for those who haven't heard a few weeks shameless ago, plug, shameless, shameless plug, plug, you know, check out dad's bonus episode dad's. number two, I think. Anyway, um, <laughs> So we've had very difficult public situations. Um, you know, I, I talked about when we went to the aquarium, you know, my parents were there for that trip. We were visiting my parents up in Seattle and, and Austin was determined to jump into the big ocean tank. And it was a good 12, 15 foot drop into the tank that was full of cold ocean water with sharks and other sea life. And I had to, physically wrestle him out of the building and pin him down in the grass outside while he screamed and thrashed. That's a traumatic experience for, for everyone. Um, I was certainly uh, in the moment traumatized. You, I would say, um, you know, people looking at you like, what is going on there? You know, um, not anything I want to relive. And it's certainly not, something I want a caretaker for my child to go through. Right. So you are very cognizant of, you don't want to put people through those experiences. Um, One of the things I do when we have a longer term trip is I prepare a list of activities. You know, Austin's getting stir crazy. Wants to get out of the house. Here are things you can do. Um, um, There's some local places, rivers, lakes, where Austin likes to go to. I I map out on a map. This is where you park. This is where you walk. This is his routine. Um, When Brittany's parents watched him for a few days uh, a couple years ago, and and they were able to take advantage of some of that. So basically, kind of give them things they can do that are more familiar situations with him that uh, you're unlikely to have a traumatic experience um, but anytime someone takes our kids out in public they they run the risk of something going horribly wrong and having, you that. guys have a lot of, uh, trust in people. Then if you're letting people take, not only watch your kids, but take them out in public. Yeah. Well, if it's not, if it's going to be a few days, I, I mean, Austin gets stir crazy cabin fever right. and 
you have to have an outlet for that. Um, yeah, you can't just hunker down and not leave with it. Yeah. It's just the nature yeah. of what Austin needs. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, like, so you're trying to avoid that, but, um, you know, try and prepare them with more familiar, comfortable situations for the kids so that they can not have that experience that, you know, potentially, and y'all, you know, part of that's warning them too. you know, obviously our parents, uh, know, you know, they've been around this entire journey and they know that, you know, we pulled Austin out of ponds and fountains and different things and stuff like that isn't as much of a concern as it used to be, but it also wouldn't be as if Austin got into a fountain at a shopping center, I don't think that would be an overwhelming experience for anyone who knows us and knows him well. Um, anyway, so one thing I thought of earlier that more than the general, not so much long-term trip, it could be applied to that too, but the general, you know, trusting people with our kids is again, like you have to be okay with things not going terribly well. I mean, I know I talked about this already, but there are more examples. Like I'm, we, there's been many times we've come home and Austin has gotten into the fridge and ate all the cheese or dumped out all the sauce. He loves condiments, ketchup, mustard, buffalo sauce, barbecue sauce, etc. And and we when we you know, say all the cheese, I literally mean all of all it. All the cheese, yeah. Oh, so it's like an anchor man thing. They're not even mad about it. Yeah, Baxter, well, you yeah. need a whole wheel of cheese. Well, I'm, I'm worried about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not and, mad. I'm and that happens, and, and we get home, and people, and the babysitter's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize, you know, and we had like lock on the fridge and all this kind of stuff, but people, our own kids, the babysitter, whatever, stuff happens, right? And it's like, and you can react like, oh my gosh, I'm never leaving again. Or you can just go, well, okay, we'll see what this does to his bowel movements, you know, because he ate all the cheese in the house um, and deal with it. You know, like it's um, another another experience. Again, this is involves my parents. Um, years ago, Austin was probably eight <laughs> years old. Sorry, crab trees. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Uh, we were taking a, a family trip up to Lake Tahoe. We rented a, a house up there for my entire extended family. And we live a couple hours away. And we were all at our house preparing to go and we were loading up our cars with all the stuff. And Austin was running around in, in the front yard and at that house we used to live in, we had, there was no fences. Um, and, and back behind our house down the ways was a Creek. And, um, you had to keep a very close eye on Austin. Let me say that again. We had a fence at that point, but our neighbors, none of our neighbors did. So he's in the, we're in the front yards running around and he's running around up front while we're, I'm going back and forth and loading our vehicle. And I tell my dad, Hey, just keep an eye on him, you know, while, while we do this so I can get the, my, my car loaded up. And he said, Oh, okay, no problem. And I come out, I go, where's Austin? And he was running back and forth along our neighbor's garage. You know, he did something he used to do. He used to do that quite frequently. And my daddy goes, oh, he's just running back and forth. He ran back into the backyard. He'll be back in a second. And right then I knew it was like, he's not coming back in a second. He, he's not there anymore, he dad. He is not. He is gone. <laughs> so 
I went back down in the through the neighbors cut through the neighbor's backyard, which and we found Austin, well, 150, 200 yards away, chest deep in a creek. You know. Was he naked? I can't remember. He has clothes on. Oh, okay. That's good. And this is the moment where like my parents are there, my brother's there, everyone's loading up the vehicle, is about ready to head out. And I just said, Look, you all go, we'll we'll catch up, we'll 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 meet you there. You know, pull him out of the creek, change his clothes, whatever, you know, that those experiences could be like traumatic in a way like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is, I think pretty sure this is before he could swim. So him being chest deep in the creek was a very, uh, uh, very dangerous situation. Um, but he was okay. You know, and we pulled them out, got them changed. And, you know, and you can look at that as, oh, I'm never trusting so and so, or never doing this again, never doing that again. Or you can just live and learn and and go forward. You know, because what happened in that situation is Austin had baited my dad. You know, he was running back and forth along the neighbor's house. He would go to the backyard, disappear for a few seconds, and come back. And he went back and forth and back and forth for five five minutes. And then one time he disappeared and didn't come back. You know, I don't blame people. You know, we can't blame someone for that. And that's the kind of stuff he's done here and there over the years with babysitters, caretakers. You know, he has, you know, kind of lulled them into complacency and then taken advantage of it. Um, I can think of another experience at a a local park. you know, we were playing volleyball and doing different things at a local park. And, and Austin was off kind of away from everyone else on his own plane. And a friend was like, hey, go ahead and play some volleyball. I'll keep an eye on him. And Austin was just kind of staying in the same area, doing his own thing and lulled this person to complacency. And the game's over. I look around. Hey, where's Austin at? He's like, oh, he's right there. What? Wait a minute. Where'd he go? We found him. Um. He had left the park, crossed a street. I don't know if Brittany even knows about this situation. I don't think I know this story, Douglas <laughs> oh, Crabtree. And there were some neighbors who were out hanging out in their front yard, and Austin was trying to go into their house. Their front door was open. Oh, my gosh. He was just going to go into the house and like chill on the couch because he likes to go in people's houses and lay on beds or couches. And yeah. I come running up. Too. And they were like, yeah, we're waiting for someone to come around. You know, like he's been here for like five minutes. <laughs> and um, they were pretty cool with it. I mean, luckily they're out front of their house just chilling. And um, Austin comes along and uh, they were very, very friendly, very nice about it. But, you know, it could have been a very, I mean, potentially could have been a terrible situation, but it, it wasn't. And I, again, I don't blame my friend. I probably wouldn't want him to trust, trust to watch my kids. But also at the same time, he learned his lesson. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he knows. Um, so, you know, I guess there's a kind of an all is well that ends well kind of situation. At least that's how I tend to see things. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think I told Brittany about this at all. So. So uh, she's hearing about I'm this really for the first we time. For that. <laughs> we'll have a conversation later. It's fine. Yeah, I figured. But <laughs> but you know what? It's it's uh <laughs> anyway. Um how old was he then? How old? How old? Probably between ten and twelve. It wasn't 
Oh. You know, he was he was older and bigger. years ago. Um, he didn't cross a busy street. It was a residential street. Um, so the good news is, Brittany, it wasn't yesterday. Doug, yeah. Doug's down. No, it was not yesterday. <laughs> it wasn't a yeah. very busy street. It was just, you know, <laughs> a little bit of traffic. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, if those people hadn't been out in front of the house, I mean, I who knows? He could have. Okay, okay, okay. I've yeah. heard enough about oh, this. Now Brittany's like, having anxiety. So I, <laughs> anyway. I do I do have to say, though, you guys, really quickly, because for some of our listeners who have smaller children right now, or they're just in the, um, you know, the early stages of the diagnosis journey, hearing this stuff is, you know, okay, future, right? But like right now being in that, it's, that is a not conceivable for most people, right? That's a, that's a hard yeah. pill to swallow. That's like, I, I, you know, especially hearing something like that, like, oh, my child got away from somebody and they were across the street, you know, I don't know. So as much as I do agree now, I do agree with you guys in all of this. It's in the beginning, that is really hard, you know, especially like when Jean talks about our children eloping, you know, there's probably mm-hmm. so yeah. many of our audience who have children who elope and they're fast. They are gone. They are there one second and then they are gone, you know, and, and, and that natural fear as a parent, whether your child is diverse or typical, that's scary. That's a scary thought, you know? So, um, yeah, I guess what, what advice for people in the beginning, you know what I mean? Like when they're, when they're talking about like, do we go somewhere overnight or do we leave somebody or, or our child with, you know, a babysitter for a few hours so we can go see, a movie, you know? Um, I think the key there is like Brittany talked about before is, is bringing people in when you're there, mm-hmm. you know, spend time. There's a lot of prep that goes into it. Do, um, do training. Yeah. That's what it training. is. I'm training. And mm-hmm. you, you have them spend um, not just once or twice, but several times they come over to your house for two, three, as many four times hours at a time. You feel like you need. Yeah. And for the first few visits, you are there hundred percent of the time and they're observing and following and shadowing you and you're walking them through, Oh, usually when he comes home, he does this. So when this happens, this is what he wants. And you're showing them those things. And then you do the, you step away. I'm going to go to the back room. I'm going to go to a different area. I'm going to be outside, whatever. And you, you walk through that. And a lot of that, at the same time you're observing we've we've had people who we've had over who we knew we would just were not going to work out mm-hmm. um and we have that experience when we are there with them and watching them interact with our kids and watching how they respond and how they pick up on what we're doing and we know like that's not someone somebody we're going to trust with our kids um you know, specifically here in California, they do have uh, respite services where um, they have babysitters, if you will, who are specifically trained to watch special needs kids. And also through the county, they will pay them a certain number of hours per month or quarter so that you as a parent can get respite, right? It's called respite care. There are agencies that provide people to you and this was supposed to be trained qualified people um <laughs> shannon's making a face <laughs> yeah we haven't had you know we've had a few people um for a time we went through an agency and um they sent people over and there are people that we wouldn't leave alone with our kids mm-hmm. at all 
we've had people that we don't really like have them around with us there because it's just not a comfortable fit for our families. So we tell the agency we we want somebody else. We we've had we had one person through an agency that ended up being quite good. She was a grad student studying you know, special education. Of, um, so I forget the exact speech field. Therapy. She, yeah, she's yeah, speech and therapy. she was she was physically capable. She was responsible. She was competent, and she was a good you know help to us for for a while. We had another one that we kept for a while and would basically trust her for short stints, or mostly to help us out when we were also home. Um, but, um, the most success we've had with respite care is identifying somebody on our own and then referring them to a respite care agency to sign up. But there's been a lot of trial and error with that. There have been people who have not worked out similar with ABA, right? ABA company sends somebody over and, uh, usually you can tell pretty quick that this purchase is not going to work. Um, and you have to be selective. You got to speak up. You have to say, you know what, I'm going to get somebody else. There's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of that and a lot of observing, you know, just how comfortable are they with your kids? Like, mm-hmm. are they like kind of nervous and standoffish or don't know what to do and seem unsure of themselves? Because, you know, our kids can sense that and they will take advantage of that in a heartbeat, you know, or are they like, you know, hands on, I've got this, you know, this their behavior when we're around where will create trust or, or not. And that's how we decide if we're going to go forward with that person. Um, I, I, want, I want to speak Tosh a little bit more about yeah. like um, specifically what you were asking, like what, what can we do for these parents who are maybe just starting out and like thinking about, okay, I want to try to leave my child's, you know, for longer periods of time or for any period of time, really. And it all really does come down to preparation. Whatever that ends up being for you, you need to feel like you are comfortable leaving. I mean, not 100% comfortable maybe, but but comfortable enough where you everyone's going to be physically and mentally okay. And and they you need to sense that they are comfortable as well, whoever the, the caretaker. And yeah, that can manifest itself in many, many different ways, having someone over to train physically, it could be writing, writing a lot of stuff down. It could be, you know, uh, there's, you know, having them come over just on a social visit and just meeting them ahead of time, whatever it is. Uh, But it just all comes down to preparation. And then where the work is for you as a parent is once that preparation has been done and you do leave, you need to give yourself the grace and the the um, the permission to to let go and enjoy yourself mm-hmm. and and or mm-hmm. you know whatever it is you're doing even if you're just going to the doctor's appointment sometimes you have, you know you you have to go to the dentist for yourself whatever it is I'm just recognizing I have a lot of trust issues a lot <laughs> yeah. it's that's it's, okay it's, it's hard yeah I it's I hard. feel like you know you guys talk about um, people taking Austin out and into public and, or maybe having, you know, all the kids and like, that gives me anxiety. And, and, Mm -hmm. but I know I, I, I understand, you know, like when Jack was smaller, it was much worse than it is now. You know, now I can let go and let God, if you will, but I still have a hard time. I still have a hard time 
letting go, you know, like even with Tyler taking the two of them and going and doing something that I feel like, you know, taking them both on a hike together. And I'm just like, "Mm -hmm," you know, that that's, it's scary. It's scary having that feeling of, um, they think they know, you know, what they are going to do or whatever, but like they can be gone in a second, you know? I mean, Shannon, I'm sure you can vouch for that with, with Gracie. Do you, do you allow people to take, take her out in public by themselves without you? <laughs> um, <laughs> that no, your husband really. or, I mean, do you even let Maya mm-hmm. take her out? Oh, no, no, definitely not. And hi, guys, I'm Shannon. In case you couldn't, if, if you didn't know, I'm Shannon. It's very sultry, sultry today. Voice. Very sultry. Just, um, just, no, sick, and that's guys. because Maya is like an amazing big sister, but Maya is also 16 and has a cell phone and friends and is very easily distracted. distracted. So there is mm-hmm. a 0% chance that I'd probably let Maya take Gracie somewhere on her own. Um, and there's like a select few family members who can handle Gracie, right? Um, but I do think Crabtree is like the one thing that I love about you guys. And I've, I said this on Doug's episode, um, is that you don't let things dissuade you from yeah. trying again. And that's like the one thing that I hope people take from this episode Um is that just because something goes wrong one time or something doesn't work, it doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. Like you will find your flow, you will find your people, you will find um, something that works for your family. And working and looking perfect are two very different things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't look perfect. Oh, no. No. You know, um, so that is one thing that I love. One thing to understand is things get away from us. Yeah. If both of us are home, stuff happens. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. cannot Same. expect that somebody nothing, else, nothing to happen yeah. when he's with somebody else. So, again, when you come home and he ate all the cheese and drank all the yogurt <laughs> drinks and spread all the barbecue sauce over the kitchen, like that kind of stuff happens when we're home, too. So, like, mm-hmm. we can't. Yeah. So, what I always try and do is, you know, put the caretaker at ease like hey you know i'm not mad at you don't worry this is mm-hmm. not you know and if and if they handle it okay and they're, you know then we'll have them back but yeah um, a lot of a lot of our like repeat like we want to ask somebody again is how they react to these situations mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah. and can they, they yeah. are okay with it like not okay with it maybe but like they roll with it right like yeah it's no one like wants the, to clean up the barbecue sauce, but like they're just like, oh well, it happened. If they can brush it off, then we know they can hang with yeah. us. Yeah. That young man who left those marks on the carpet for us, like you know, he he washed our kids many times after that, and um, and mentally he uh, could handle it. Yeah, because yeah. he's seen everything at that point, right? I mean, yeah. it's not going to get much worse. Was still okay with doing it again, you know? And we give, no. we pay him, we pay handsomely for, <laughs> for, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, if it's in within your means, tip well. Yeah, you, know, you get <laughs> yeah. ex, you get extra money from us if you have to clean up bodily fluids. That's yeah. just mm-hmm. like you know, that's an automatic, you know, extra charge you get from us. You know, if that happens. In so. general, well, I mean, I think. I'll say this, like, you know, we take Austin to a, a great clips to get his haircut. Um, there are a few star- stylists there who know him now in the past few months. I don't know how this happened, but he is more comfortable in the lobby waiting chair than he is in the barber chair. Mm. So he'll go to, he'll sit down in the waiting area and get his haircut and they'll cut his hair there. Mm-hmm. 
and he'll, you know, obviously there's, there's carpet there, get his hair. It's just not good. It's not the best for anyone. And they're always like super chill about it. They don't care. But again, we, we tip handsomely. It's like, yeah, you cut Tyler's hair, you get two bucks. You cut Austin's hair, you get 10 bucks. You know, it's like, um, in the same kind of thing as someone, you know, it's, it's everyone has different levels of means, right? But you got to do what you can to take care of people who take care of, of you and your kids. Um, but yeah, again, like Brittany said, so much of, of it is about their reaction. Uh, when things happen, are they able to roll with it and be okay? Or do they freak out and not know what to do? And there's and no shame. There? There's no blame if you yeah. do freak out. Like, yeah, that's, it's not your fault. You're not a bad person. You, it's not like you can't, it's just everybody. It's a personality thing. Like, like we've said before, like some people are just more naturally able to handle certain situations and certain kids. Not everyone should be a special education teacher. Not everyone no. should be no. a respite worker. Not everyone mm-hmm. should be any kind of, you know, even a neurotypical classroom teacher. Like there are certain people who are just better at that thing. And and, you know, it needs to be a good fit both ways, you know. Well, and I think, too, like something you guys said, like, you know, the ability for these people to be able to roll with it, but also you as a parent being able to roll with it. Like, yes, right. I think especially for like parents of younger kids, think of it this way. You go on vacation at work and, you know, when you come back to work, it's going to be a royal crap fest. Like your mm-hmm. desk is going to be filled with crap and it's going to be horrible. But you know you're going to enjoy that vacation while you're gone because you know what's happening when you come back. So I think it's being able to come back into the situation and realizing, okay, the house is probably a little trashed and, Mm -hmm. you know. As long as it's still standing. It's not awesome, but it's not burnt down and my kids are still alive. Right. And like learning how to roll with that and just, you know, having the expectations and not allowing yourself coming back into that situation to spiral out of control. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. a lot of managing your own emotions based on that, too. So, yeah, I want to piggyback on that. Like, you do need to trust others and you need to keep trusting others, even it, even when bad situations have happen. We've we've highlighted some of our more traumatic experiences. There, those are few, very few and far between. Most of them are like, yeah, cleaning up barbecue sauce or whatever. It's not, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you need to trust them. But then you need to trust yourself. You need to trust yourself to try again. Um, I took Austin to Target last Christmas to run a quick errand. Um, and we, I was halfway through getting my things. I had one of my children with me and one of my other children with me. And I, Austin was in the special needs carts that you can clip, clip him into. So he couldn't run away, but he started having a meltdown in the middle of target. It was a week before Christmas. I don't know. It was very busy. And of course I'm in the opposite end of the store and I had to try to get him out of the store with a cart full of food and and leave because he was not going to calm down anytime. He was trying to physically hurt me uh, because he was so upset. He was hurting himself and he was trying to kick and hit me. And I'm trying to push the cart and avoid getting, you know, hit. And it was very, very traumatic. It was very upsetting for everyone around us. I was crying. My other child was upset. We were just trying to get out of there. And we did. We got out of there. I I found an employee. I unbuckled Austin. I said, I cannot put this food away. They were very understanding. They said, absolutely, we'll take it. No problem. 
and I got him out into the parking lot. And it was really, really, really hard for me to trust myself to take him back there. Mm-hmm. I am still working through that. Um, mm-hmm. I have not taken him as often as I probably would if that incident has not happened. Um, I did make myself go back. I, it's just like, we, I, I don't know, I've never been bucked off of a horse, but they say that if you do, you're supposed to get right back on the horse, right? Mm-hmm. Because the horse needs to learn and you need to learn that that's not how it's always going to be. So I made myself go back to Target the next day with some, with another adult and do it again, like a, within 24 hours. And I was very, very scared to do that, but I did it. And it was really short. I, I didn't even buy anything. We just went in and we just went through the motions of being in there. And we were probably in there for five minutes. And then I left because uh, I needed to reset my my expectations or my experience of of how that was going to go right so it was a trust exercise for me um now i'm still working through <laughs> trauma and he's he's we've been having some behavior issues lately and so i'm also gauging his you know where his level is and i'm not going to take him there if i already know he's upset like i'm going to choose a really i'm going to set myself up for success and try to mm-hmm. have it be a positive experience but but yeah, it's just like it's just like that with other people and 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 even on your own with your own child. Like you have to keep trying and you have to do everything you can to prepare, choose a good day to go, bring extra help if you need it, train anyone you need to, bring toys, bring snacks, bring whatever, but you you cannot live your life hold up in your house and not letting anyone or anyone interact with you or your child. You just can't do it. It's not mm-hmm. It's not what we're meant to do, and it's not how life is meant. To, you know, you're not going to be living a full life for you or your child if that's, you know, if, if, you, if you don't keep trying. And there's different levels of that, and there's different phases of life. If you're in a phase where you need to step back a lot, that's okay. But don't let that be the new standard of your life, right? When you're ready. Just take 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 that next step back out into the world with yourself or with your child watching someone else. So. Do you think you just therapized yourself? Because I think mm-hmm. you did. Because I well, feel yeah. very therapized. I mean, that, that's what I. This is the conversation I have with myself all the time. Whenever we're approaching a new situation, we're going to be heading into um, a family reunion this summer, um, and we are trying to figure out how to transport and house our family. With with the caveat of of Austin needing very specific things, gauging his behavior over the last few months, we are now preparing for how he possibly could be handling, you know, these these upcoming situations. And it's we can't we're we're not going to stay in the same house as a family. We're getting our own Airbnb for one mm-hmm. for one um, you know possible solution. That way, if we are all together. He has a place we can take him back to the house, to this Airbnb, and he can have a place where it's quiet and there's no one else around if he needs it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, you know, and that could also be helping with sleep, sleep when it's time for um, our nighttime routine. So that's one thing we're doing. We're we're still trying to figure out the transportation part because Mm -hmm. he's been having issues driving in the car and having uh, meltdowns in the car and lashing out who with whoever is close by. So we're trying to figure that part out now. And Doug came up with a solution the other day and I nixed it. I was like, nope, that's not going to work. And so now we're back to the drawing board. Like it's a process, right? So, Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, last summer, it probably wouldn't have been an issue, but this summer it is. So, you know, it, it, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. I don't know. Just, I don't want to discourage anyone. That's a great example because in the past, like car rides have been Austin's kind of sanctuary. Yeah. Right. And they still are. He, he still likes that. And we, we still do that frequently, but we're seeing behavior the past few weeks in the car that we have never seen before. So with an upcoming trip that we're going to be all in all 24 hours in the car over a like nine day period, um, you know, we're concerned and we're exploring different options of. If anyone you know, has one do. of those big vans that we could borrow <laughs> for a week. Yeah, that aren't outrageously expensive. <laughs> it isn't $5,000 for us to mm-hmm. rent for a week. Yeah. Love to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, Brittany wrapped it up great. Uh, it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of giving yourself grace, a lot of giving yourself like in your child. Like, yeah. I, I when think things it, don't I think, work, you can either give up and hole up or you can try again. Mm-hmm. And you, if you are not willing to, tr- to try again as a parent and, you know, special needs parent, then you're going to find yourself more, more and more limited in what you can do and what your child can do. And, you know, and that's not healthy for anyone. I, I am a big believer that public our kids need to be in public um mm-hmm. they need to interact with our kid people need to interact with our children um i just i'm a big believer in that i think especially with what's happening you know there's more and more autistic kids more and more you know and people need to be accustomed to seeing us out and about and doing things the rest of our families need to have experiences where they're out and about and in public doing things as parents, we need to get out and get away on our own. Like all these things come down to trust. We have to trust ourselves to go out in public with our kids, knowing that things are likely, there's likely to be a problem. Sometimes there's a lot of problems. We have to trust ourselves to pick it up and try again. Uh, Lessons learned, go forward, et cetera. Um, and then again, when we leave our kids with somebody else, there will be problems. Um, we have to be able to move forward with those problems and, and roll with them. So much of being a parent is just rolling with what, what comes along, you know? Um, and, um, you know, I know it, it takes incredible effort to find your tribe to find those people, but it's worth it. Um, you know, we're in a phase right now where we don't have that someone, you know, we, we were very blessed for, for a number of years to have a great, um, uh, caretaker who we loved having her in our home when we were home. And it was very comfortable and very natural. And she was great with all of our kids. And we loved that we could trust her to be away as well. There was never a concern about the state of our family, our kids, our house with her. Um, She moved away and we have not found 
a replacement. I'm not sure we ever will, but we're, we keep looking. We keep trying didn't things. You, didn't you just interview someone recently or didn't you just talk to someone at Respite? Yeah, I'm yeah. working on um, sending up a new person. She's just home. She's a college student home for, a, you know, a few, sem- yeah. a couple semesters. So, yeah. The I idea think- of doing this is, is daunting. And and I say this as uh, Brittany does all the work on this. You know, she's the one talking to the respite agencies. She's the one with her eye out. You know, she talks to people. She talks to, um, you know, the one, the great person that we had for years. She was an aide in Austin's classroom. And um, I can't remember if she came to us or the teacher mentioned it to us at her willingness or whatever. Yeah. But it worked out great, you know. Um, but, you know, we've talked to, we know Austin's former teachers. Uh, we know other special ed teachers. We asked, do you have any A's in your classroom that you would recommend? There are people, you know, from ABA. There are people, we talked to people who work with um, college kids um, high school kids, you know, we, we talk to everyone we know that interacts with people, you know, that potentially could, could be helpful and ask them for recommendations and, and whatnot. And it's a hassle, it's a lot of work. Um, and it's, it's a long process, but in the end, it's the best thing for, for our health, for our family's health, um, for our kids, um, you know, and like everything with special needs parenting, right? Whether it be school, respite care, babysitters, like it takes a while to get it right. You have to go through a process and a hassle and you have to stay on, t- on it and keep at it. Um, I think it's very encouraging. I think, yeah. you know, I really, I think that the way that you and Brittany share and navigate your lives with your two, you know, your whole family, but the two that are autistic as well. It's very encouraging to many families. I will also, you know, you highlighted the daunting part. Um, it is, I, I can't tell you how many times mm-hmm. I've picked it up and put it back down because I get there's there. Like I, I hit a wall, like, okay, this isn't working out. Like, I guess respite's not in the cards and mm-hmm. it definitely wasn't in the cards for us like during COVID, you know, and we had no idea how long that was going to last, right. To have those level of restrictions, which mm-hmm. prohibited access to a lot of things that our families may need, even if it, even if it's an essential service. Um, yeah. You know, I think too, it's worth mentioning is that there's so many variables that affect this, you know, a trust that the trust part is, is very personal because it does come down to what's going on between your own ears. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the variables in your life and the capacities that each individual in the scenario has, like Mm -hmm. you pointed out, you know, I, Mm -hmm. my son, my husband doesn't have the same capacity as me. Right. And then I know when, if, if I'm at low capacity, it's more likely that he's not, that there's not that ebb and flow where I, he has more capacity than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, where families may find themselves, you know, there are different, there's so many different restrictions and they're also, you know, you guys, I would love to have, you know, a lot of the, 
access to things. Well, I should say access. Um, the state to state is different, yeah. right? So like. There are a lot of problems with California. Don't get me started, but we are grateful to be here for the special needs situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. And it varies yeah. county by county and community by community as well. And, right. and overall, we are, we know we are lucky, blessed uh, to be in the community we're in. Um, mm. uh, I feel without any research <laughs> that this is one of the best places you could live and be uh, an autism parent. Yes, um, I agree. Hands down, California yeah. is probably, yeah. if not the best state to live in. Yeah, in our specific ha- community as well. You know, even across the state, it can vary quite a bit. Um, so any, anytime I get too, actually. tempted to leave, you know, I, I think of, of that. But Yeah, don't um, come to Texas <laughs> for anything ever. Yeah. Ooh, just to see me. Ooh, wow. Come on, guys. We love you, Texas Careful. people. Besides G. There's, yeah. There's got to be some listeners out there. Who, anyway. I do. Um, I do like, but it is a very important thing. A lot of times, like Texas parent to parent, we do say that we, we make sh- like, it's not an ideal place to live with a disabled child. And a lot of times you don't know that until you're, till you're in it, you know, yeah. that you have to be confronted. It's not even like you can plan for that. Right. But, um, yep. But yeah, I um, think I yeah. I think it's a this was like a really good conversation to be had. A lot of self reflection um, for even me as I'm you know listening to you talk about you know these stories. And I think we also need to have you back to talk. We need to just have like a all the funny stuff, story crazy time. funny stuff <laughs> that our kids have done. Like that would be good. Um, I think that would be. And so entertaining, you know, we, we have, you have a special kind of sense of humor, um, when you're parenting children like ours, I think. And, uh, you guys definitely have some good stories. Like I was trying not to like laugh too hard and too loud because there was, those were some, and the way that you guys tell it, your delivery. So, um, no, it's, I would just say, don't give up, keep trying. Yeah. You know, like Brittany talked about, we we have stopped and started and stopped and started looking for caretakers. Um, as if kids have gotten older, it's been more difficult. Um, but you always need to have your eye out and you always need to look for opportunities. And, um, you know, don't give up. It's important. Uh, I think just don't hunker down in your bubble. You know, get out and that can be hard, but it's worth it in the end we feel. And, um, anyway, that's all I can, that's how I'll wrap up my I think with portion. the, uh, outro for this episode, we should see if we can use the, the journey, uh, band song. Don't stop believing. Cause I really <laughs> felt that. I felt that in my soul when you were saying that, um, <laughs> like that would be so good. Is so he, good. is he the city um, boy born and raised mm-hmm. in South Detroit? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, your parents are from, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, wrong, wrong city, wrong state. I need to work on my geography. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Doug, all right. we love having you with us. Thank yeah, happy you so to be much here. for being and a I, trooper. I love what you guys are doing. And again, I just can't emphasize all, to all the moms out there, find your people, find your community. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, this community has been a blessing for Brittany and I, and, um, you know, we all need to find our people. So mm-hmm. Until easy, but to us. make it work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone. Well, thank, you, thank you. Hang in there. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. <laughs> See you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. Thanks for having me. Bye.